Chris Hatton with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. David Rothbart, founder and president of Spine Team Texas, for a fireside chat about the big trends and topics in orthopedics, spine, and surgery centers today. Dr. Rothbart, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Before we dive into our discussion, uh, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, I am a neurosurgeon. Uh, I specialize in minimally invasive spine surgery, and I am the founder and president of Spine Team Texas. Uh, we are a multidisciplinary spine practice based in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and uh, we're comprised of both uh, surgical and non-surgical providers, uh, physical therapists, uh, and we have uh, over 40 providers in the practice, and uh, we were founded back in 2004. So my first question here is, what are you most excited about right now? Well, I would say, particularly in light of the fact that my specialty is minimally invasive spine surgery, has been the acceleration of the transition to the outpatient arena of larger cases. We've been focused on outpatient spine surgery for the past 20 years, and um, previously it had been primarily smaller decompressions and things of that nature. But with the advances of techniques, as well as anesthetic techniques, ERAS procedures, we've really been able to see an acceleration. And this has been one of the silver linings in the COVID pandemic, where uh, patients really want to stay out of acute care settings. So uh, seeing bigger procedures like lumbar fusions, uh, cervical fusions, arthroplasties, things of that nature, transitioning more to an outpatient setting, I, I think that's extraordinarily exciting. And it's not just the fact that the patients are being done in an outpatient setting. They're able to be done that way because they just don't have the same pain that we saw, you know, a, a couple of decades ago. It's it's night and day. So that's extremely exciting to me. So great to hear. And with all these changes and things um, to be excited about, is there anything that makes you nervous? Well, I'm not really a, a nervous kind of guy, but if I, if I had a look at areas of concern, um, I think uh, given the events of last week, uh, I did my residency at Yale and Dr. Preston Phillips, the surgeon who was killed in Tulsa, he did his orthopedic residency there. He happened to be an intern on our service, and so I've I I knew him uh, back uh, you know 30 years ago, and he was a wonderful man. And and that's not an isolated incident of violence in a healthcare setting. So uh, that definitely has us concerned. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It's a it's it's a very very sad day when. Patients who don't have an optimal outcome uh, resort to violence. Moving on from that, I think a couple of variables that we don't have control over is, are the economy and COVID. You know, is if if we do uh, move towards a recession, obviously um, that does impact uh, people, uh, people losing jobs, people having money to spend on their own health care. Um, COVID, you know, the pandemic hasn't ended. Fortunately, we're seeing our hospital rates uh, very low right now, and uh, but it's uh, the future in that regard remains an unknown. And then the thing that um, 
is is really uh, very very frustrating is what I would term payer restricted access to care. You know, we see um, payers making unilateral decisions on FDA approved uh, devices uh, and then calling them experimental. We we're seeing fights regarding this as far as arthroplasty is concerned. We see. Uh, fights regarding uh, various biologics, uh, fights regarding implants, and it's it's really a, a, a payer strategy to restrict uh, care for for patients. And so, uh, you know, as a provider who's looking to do the best thing for the patient, uh, for the individual patient, uh, to have access to FDA. FDA-approved devices and materials and then not being able to utilize those in our patients, that is definitely a major form of frustration. So considering all of that, how are you thinking about about growth in the next two years? Well, having said all that I've said thus far, we're still bullish on growth and we are still in a growth phase. But the one thing that I would say is that... um, I would be very judicious about it. Uh, Growth for growth's sake, just to be bigger, doesn't necessarily mean it's a good idea. I think that there is still plenty of opportunity in what we do, uh, but I think it has to be well thought out with a um, good infrastructure and very uh, attuned in strategy in terms of what that growth should look like. But I, I remain optimistic. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there anything else that you'd like to um, say today? No, I think that uh, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming uh, Becker's meeting. It's it's the only thing like it in the country. And uh, the fact that we're able to start meeting in person again is, is fantastic. So I'm looking forward to meeting up with colleagues and uh, participating in a lot of great dialogue and conversations that we always have there. That's so great to hear. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Rothbart, for speaking with me today in this really interesting discussion. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Sounds great. Have a great day.